So we're on our 21 days of prayer and growing deeper. And today, I want to bring a message to us that I think is, will really help us. Uh, it's a probably a basic message, but it's one that we don't really talk about a lot. Uh, we just kind of let it happen. But I, I really want to bring, as a pastor, I want to bring this to us and bring focus to this. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us uh, specifically about some things in His Word today that will absolutely help us. I want to remind you, I really felt like not only doing a time of prayer, but also fasting. But also, I'd like for us to, at the end of this month, we're going to be giving our best offering and give a layer of giving, giving out of our heart. There's something that opens up uh, you to the Lord. Grace and mercy. I don't know why I just cut out, but uh, there's something that, that opens up the heavens when we give. And so we're doing our best offering uh, at the end of this month, and I believe, I really believe God's going to move uh, in your life and my life through this as well. So um, let us, uh, we had a great, great, great first Wednesday. How many were able to be at first Wednesday? All right, a handful of us. Uh, first Wednesday was, was incredible. Uh, all the first Wednesdays, Wednesdays are great. We do a time of communion and prayer and worship, and we put in water baptism in, and we just opened, the, opened it up for people who wanted to be spontaneously baptized. And we started out with two that signed up, registered for baptism, and we ended up with ten. <laughs> um, come on, can we give God praise for that, amen? And I really sense what God was doing through First Wednesday. I, I really, I think God is doing something in us and wanted to continue that. We're going to take, I had scheduled a time that I was going to lead a group here in the main auditorium uh, for the next two Wednesdays. I was going to do a, a study, and then we were going to break out into breakout sessions and discuss that. But I'm, I'm changing that. I, I've, I think we need to continue on with the format of First Wednesday for the next two Wednesdays. So this Wednesday, we're going to still have water baptism, communion, and a time of worship and prayer. There was something there that God, God is, that is doing, and I want to make sure that we're open to that, and, and we're excited about that. So... Uh, this Wednesday and then the following Wednesday, we will still have that format. Worship, prayer, communion, and water baptism is open as well. So I don't know about you, but God, God out, of those who be, out of those who got baptized Sunday, there are some rededications that were done, and some guys were brand new Christians, brand new to the faith of Jesus Christ. Doesn't that excite you? Amen. So I wonder if we could, maybe God wants to take these next two Wednesdays and as a church, we can try to get people who are hungry for God. Maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they're on the edge of seeking God. And if we can get them here, the whole idea of First Wednesday with worship and prayer is that we experience God in prayer, experience God in worship. And there is an element of that just like we experience God in his word. Uh, so there's, there's both of those. We want to balance that out. We want to make sure that we're experiencing the Lord. What is he saying to us? So... Uh, I want to encourage you to participate if you can with that, if you can uh, join us. Uh, for those of you that gave, got baptized Sunday and you're new to faith, we'll be doing a Growing Deeper class. Uh, it'll help you. So we're doing that at 6 to 645. It'll be in room uh, 302. And uh, we want to help you grow. And those of you that maybe you've been saved for a while but you're just not, you want to go deeper, I'm encouraging for the next two Wednesdays, attend this Growing Deeper class um, for the next two Wednesdays. Six o'clock is where we start, and we'll try to send those emails out. 
All right, hey, turn with me in your Bibles. Well, we're going to be at a couple of different places this morning. 1 John chapter 2 will be one of them. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, but I'm going to have a couple of different references, and you can grab your notes there at the Connection Center here. But as we read through the Scriptures, I I want us to see that it is evident. It is evident. If you look through the lens of this whole idea of spiritual growth and growing deeper, we read through the Scriptures and we see that it is evident that God has a goal for us. And that goal is spiritual maturity. It is to grow deeper in Christ, to grow spiritually. Growth is merely not uh, carrying out religious duties. It is not uh, carrying out just religious activities. It is not satisfying religious demands even. That is not spiritual growth or spiritual maturity. Growth, spiritual growth and spiritual maturity is experiencing God. To experience God. God wants you to experience Him, to know Him. And the way we get there is the way is, is God shows us in His Word that there is a path and a, a way to experience God. The goal for spiritual birth and spiritual growth is the same as a parent who is who has birthed and is parenting their children. Just like you and I that have children. How many of you have children today? How many of you have? All right, so you have children or just two of us have children? Anyone else have children, right? So we have children just as we want our children to grow and go through the phases of life. God wants us to grow as well. There's a goal that he has for us. So the goal for God is not just salvation. All right? Salvation is part. That's how we come into the kingdom. But don't don't think that salvation is where you stop. The goal that God has for us is to even go beyond salvation or to use foundation salvation as a foundation as an entrance into the kingdom of God. We receive Jesus Christ. But the goal that God has for each and every one of us is spiritual maturity, is that we grow on to spiritual adulthood. That's what God desires for us. Spiritual maturity, let's define it. Spiritual maturity. To live life with the consistent ability to see God as God sees and respond as God responds. We call this Christ-likeness. Think about this for a moment. I'll read this again. If we look at what is the definition, what is God trying to do through spiritual maturity? To live life with consistent ability to see as God sees and to respond as God responds. That's what God wants out of us. And there's been many times that you and I have not responded the way God may have wanted us to respond. Do I have a witness today? Do I have anyone honest enough to say, I didn't, I'm not looking the way, I'm looking at my situation today, and I'm really not looking at it the way that God wants me to look at it. Just even owning that is a level of spiritual maturity. Take on the character of Christ and have an intimate experience with God. That's what God is wanting to do through spiritual growth and growing deeper. Spiritual maturity is looking at the advantage point of the spirit and not of our own flesh. And this is where God wants us to be, and he wants us to be consistent at this, that we are looking through how God sees life and the advantage point of the spirit in our life, the Holy Spirit, and not through our flesh. 
Maturity is not achieved, listen to me, by time, by activity. It is only achieved by looking at life and living it through the advantage point of the Spirit of God who is living within us. And you will not discover how spiritually mature you are. Guys, even in church, this is not the place where we can evaluate and say we're spiritually mature. This is not where it's at. We can discover the spiritual, spiritual maturity in our life when we're doing life, when we're at our jobs. We can see how we handle daily activity. How are we handling relationships? Is the fruit of the Spirit truly bearing, uh, are we bearing truly the fruit of the Spirit in our relationships and how we are handling life? That is how we gauge whether we are spiritually growing or not. It's through our choices. It's how we react to life, how we respond. So if you think about it again through the analogy or the, uh, through the analogy of, of, a, of a child, how does a child handle life? How does a teenager handle life? How does adults who are still stuck in, in teenager mindset handle life? <laughs> That's what God is, is wanting us to do is to evaluate, to look through these natural things that God, natural physical growth spurts in our life and how do they measure up with us in our spiritual life. And 1 John chapter 2 unpacks this in a great way and we'll, we'll head there in a minute. But I want you to look at this. So, are you bearing fruit, not gifts, seen people with gifts that didn't have fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit always works in conjunction with the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, the gifts are very shallow without fruit. The gifts can be dangerous without fruit. Theology, back this up, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, I don't care if you speak with the tongues of angels, if you don't have love. It's tingling symbols, just noise. So we gauge our spiritual maturity based on our fruit, not loudness, not activity, not spiritual activity, not being, not being the spiritual one in the room. It's based on the fruit of our life. How am I handling life? Am I handling it with the fruit of the Holy Spirit? I believe that when we activate the fruit, when we focus on the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very natural. They come to us. In many churches, in many times, Christians have focused on, I need more gifts. I need more gifts. I need to look spiritual. I want to be spiritual. I want to do this. When as, if we would study deeply and evaluate deeply, how am I living out the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts would come. Are you with me this morning? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So there's a growing of grace and knowledge that God wants us to do. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Let your roots grow down deep into him. Someone shout grow. Now do a word study. Look at how many times in scripture that the Bible talks about growing, 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 growing. And look at those scriptures and see how God is challenging us to grow in grace, to grow in knowledge, to let our roots grow down deep into Jesus Christ and let your lives be built on him. Then, someone shout then, 
Then your faith will grow strong in truth that, in the way that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So I want you to look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. Let's, un, let's unpack this for a moment. There are three stages of spiritual growth that Paul says to us. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children. I want you to underline, dear children. Dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, underline fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I'm writing to you, young men, underline young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Look at verse 14. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. See how he repeats some things there? He's trying to really show us how can we grow deeper in God. And if we look at these three areas of life, spiritual babies, spiritual teens, and spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers. I want us to look at, because Paul is saying to us, and none of them, listen to me, none of those phases are wrong or bad. They're necessary. It is great to be a spiritual baby. God is doing a tremendous work as a spiritual newborn in Christ. You are understanding God, and God is showing up in your life in a great way. But I want us to, un- I want us to look at this. So growing as spiritual babies. I, I remember as a baby, uh, it was nice to have everything done for you. And I really didn't appreciate everything that was done for me until I became a teenager when I had some chores to do. Anyone, anyone have a baby in the family? And I realized, I realized, but we had, there was four of us boys at home, and I realized how much treatment the baby of the family got, special treatment. Does anyone have siblings Anyone the oldest in here? Let me talk to the oldest one. You're middle-aged or the oldest, all right? Let me talk to you for a moment. Didn't, didn't your youngest sibling get away with everything? Come on, let's talk for a moment, right? Come on, let's, let's encourage our, ourselves here. How many babies do we have in, in the auditorium? Okay. <laughs> so I'm already caused, this is called, divisive language right here, right? I'm dividing us right now, all right? Um, I'm just going to tell you the way it is. The oldest ones had to do all the work, all the chores, and the babies got away with everything. Do I have a witness in this building? Come on, don't be afraid of them babies. But, 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 we understand that we can't be babies forever, Some of us are still 30 plus tax years old and we're still getting our way. I'm joking. I'm going to be in the doghouse today. What is, what, but so we have to know that we got to grow up in some areas of our life. And Paul is saying to us, there's some good things that God wants to do in this growing as spiritual baby. Do you remember when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ? Think back for a moment. Come on, guys. Remember that when you gave your life to Christ, how everything 
seemed to be just going smooth. That God was showing up in every place in your life. I mean, you know, you felt God, you seen God, you were experiencing God, and God was taking care of you and doing things for you. You, you, you had this great feeling that God was with you. He was there. The feeling that, that you had towards everyone else. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I loved everybody. And then I grew up a little bit and I started being challenged in that a little bit, right? People started aggravating you. But when you gave your heart to Christ, man, every, you gave grace and love to everyone. Why? Because you were experiencing grace and love of Christ. Your perspective was changing. And that God did so much for you. He lifted your heavy burdens. He forgave you of your sins. All that guilt and shame was gone. And God was doing amazing things in your life. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, to you spiritual babies, to you dear children, your sins have been forgiven. And we need to be reminded of that. That's why we do communion. What are we doing with communion? Even for us who have been saved for a long time and we've been living for Christ, we still need to be reminded through communion that Christ has done a work of grace in our life and that he has forgiven us of our sins. How many believe and are how many are happy that Christ has forgiven you of your sins? That's still precious to you. Amen. But there needs to be some things that we move on, Paul says, from that, that we don't just stay there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 3. Look at this. Because he's about ready to define some areas of the spiritual baby life that could limit us if we don't grow up. Look what he said. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with the milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. He's talking to these baby newborn Christians, and obviously some of them have been, have been living this way for a long time, for quite a while. For a while they are still in this. And what is defining this? What is defining this spiritual babiness, the spiritual life as a baby? What is defining that they're not growing up? So it's okay that you're a spiritual baby, but what is he saying? Don't get stuck there. And how do we know that we're getting stuck there? Look what he says in verse 3. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not carnal and are you not carnal and behaving like men? So it's a relational thing. If we look at our lives as babies, we want our way. We want, we want to be selfish. We want the world to revolve around us. We want our parents to take care of us. We don't care about our, our, our siblings. We want, we want it's all about my world. It's about me, 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 me. And what happens is when we get stuck in this spiritual baby growth, it becomes not just a, a good thing, yes, it's okay, but it becomes detrimental to us when we stay in that, in that, in that frame of mind or in that mindset. What happens? We become envious. We become, uh, we become divisive. We become, we're causing strife. And that can be a danger to us. And God's saying, I don't want you to just stay as spiritual babies. I want you to learn how to grow deeper in this stage of your life when it, becomes to, when it comes to your relationships. How many of you know that God wants us to grow deeper in his word? How many know that God wants us to grow deeper in our relationships with one another? 
And how many know that God wants us to grow deeper in our, in our mission of what he's wanting to accomplish in our life? So God is validating his love in this growth, this spiritual baby growth. God is validating his love. He's showing up. He's doing amazing things in your life. Does that mean in these other phases that God will not do that? No. He's still going to do that, but that is not what keeps us coming to church or groups or staying in his word or worship or doing the right thing. So I'm not going to flake out on God just because I don't feel him today. Are you with me today? Why, why is that? Because I have went through that spiritual baby phase and, and I'm, I've went on to that spiritual teenage phase and we've learned some things about God that whether I feel him or not, I know that God still loves me and I know that he's still working in my life. We can't stay in that spiritual baby stage where God has to validate his love and affirm us over and over again. This is a total dependent on God. Now phase two, growth two is growing as spiritual teens. This is where we are struggling at life. This is where you battle. This is why the enemy is battling you. God had protected you as a spiritual baby, but now God is allowing you to allow your roots to grow a little bit deeper, so he's going to, he's going to allow you to go through some challenges in life. He's going to allow the enemy to try you, to tempt you, but he's not going to allow him to tempt you more than what you can bear. Why is God doing this? Because God wants you to not only feel him, he wants you to know his word. Not only does God want you to have an emotional high, he wants you to have a knowledge of God that's so deep-rooted that based on life can go like this, up and down, up and down, but now you're knowing his word and you're knowing how to use his word as as battle, as sword, as warfare in your life, to know the word of God. That's why Paul said, he says, you young men, you have overcome. Can I tell you, as spiritual teens, we are, we are overcoming some things in our life. The teenage years are a constant battle of stretching. They are growing us to the next level of our life. Battle after battle. That's why how I many feel like you're still going through some spiritual teen years, right? Come on, you got some battles going on. There's some things, some warfare that's going on, but God is trying to show us that his word is so powerful in our lives. Spiritual teens are learning to hold on to God's word. Anyone, come on, anyone lear has learned to hold on to God's word, amen? You've learned some things. That's what he's saying. You have battled. You're going through it. You wanted to quit, but you're not going to quit. Why? Because you understand the power of God's word in your life. You can handle it like a sword. You can, you can use it as a missile to target the, where the enemy is at. You know how to declare some things over your life because God is showing you in your spiritual teenage years how to use the word of God. You're going through the process of development and growth. Don't get stuck in the baby growth and don't get stuck in the, in the adolescence growth or the teenage growth. Don't get stuck. And we will be stuck until we learn how God's word is that powerful in our life. And if we're still guessing it, second-guessing God's word, if we're still kind of yawning at God's word, if we're still not bringing it in and having a love and a meditation of God's word like we talked about last week, we're going to get stuck in these teenage years where we're constantly up and down, battling, 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 until we learn what God wants us to learn. His word is sharper, quicker than any two-edged sword. His word is powerful in your life. And when we learn how to use that, 
God is able to show us other things that he's wanting us to grow into. Spiritual teens know God's power because they have been through some battles that they have seen God work through his word. Anyone been through some battles today where you have watched God work and you've watched the word, come on, the word of God work in your life? They have seen God work through his word, growing, growing. And you're at a place where you have grown in God and you know God can give you the victory. What is one area of your life where you know, come on, the enemy has let up because you, you've got victory over that area of your life. Anybody have areas in your life where uh, the enemy doesn't fight you any longer in that area because you truly have victory over that? Do I have a witness this morning? I mean, there's a, maybe one or two areas of your life where the enemy is not beating you up because you've got victory over that. You won that battle. Can I tell you the same God that gave you victory over that area of your life? There's another, probably another area of your life that you have not really chose to go battle with. And God is saying to you, hey, I've got more battles that I want to win in your life. There's some more things that I want to do. And the same God that got you victory over here is the same God that can give you victory over there. Just like David, David and Goliath. It was David who, who, who realized that Goliath was holding the enemy, the camp of the Lord back. And David said, I can take this giant out because he began to look at his resume. I killed a lion, I killed a tiger, and I killed a bear. Oh, my. I killed, he said, hey, the same guy that gave me victory over this tiger, this lion, is the same guy that gave me victory over the bear, and it's the same guy that's going to give me victory over this giant that we're facing today. And I want to urge you today that spiritual growth, come on, there's going to be some spiritual things in your life that God wants to do, but you've got to, you've got to stir up, come on, the word of God in you, and don't get stuck or stagnant and, and just kind of be passive in the areas that God is saying, I want you to get some victory in your life in this area that you kind of push forward and remember, come on, pull out your resume. The same God that gave me victory over here is the same God that's going to give me victory over here so I can continue to grow in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to give God a praise this morning. Amen. And we move on, lastly, the spiritual fathers. This is where God wants to get us, guys. And some of us, I can tell you from my own life, that there's times I see me operating as a spiritual father and there's some times in my life I see me sliding backwards to a spiritual teenager. And there's some situations I'm, I see myself as a spiritual baby again. So I don't know if, I don't know if we totally can grow in all of these areas to where we never have to repeat them again. I really truly believe as we believe in uh, progressive sanctification, Progressive sanctification means that I'm still growing in Christ and I'm still learning. And this is a big issue for us, guys. Can we see areas of our life where God wants to grow us and God wants to do an amazing thing in our life, but he's waiting for us to grow in certain areas of our, of our life? He says, Paul says in, or John rather, John says in 1 John, he says to you fathers, I'm writing you because you know him. Someone shout, you know him. He repeats it again in verse 14. You know him. Even from the beginning, you know him. This is where God wants us to be. He wants us to experience him to where we, can, where we know him. Spiritual fathers know God. Spiritual mothers, they know God. They have an intimate relationship with him. And no matter what happens in their life, 
They may go through element, through times of being discouraged, but no matter what happens, they know God so much that they are never walking away from God. And you can't lead other people to know God until you, ha- you know God yourself. How can you teach someone to experience God when we're not experiencing God ourselves? And this is where God wants to get us to. Remember this, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers means that we are not allowed, we're not waiting for people to take care of us. All of our moms know this. There ain't no one going to burp you, mom. Come on, somebody. No one's going to give you the bottle. Dads, come on, you know it. No one's going to pay the bills for you. You know some things, right? What's, going to ha- what's happening? You're becoming a spiritual mother and father, a spiritual parent, because now church and the kingdom of God is not all about you. It's about you engaging with God and bringing other people into the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Spiritual fathers and mothers know God, not just what he did, not just what he forgave, that he forgave their sins, and not just what he can do, but come on, spiritual mothers and fathers, you know who God is. You know who he is. Spiritual mature fathers know him from the beginning. So all the way from the beginning of your time and the time of this world, you know that God is there and he will always be there. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Knowing Christ on a relational basis is not merely an academic basis. It's not just a head knowledge. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, however it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, who love him, who love him. Because of your love for God and your intimacy with God, God is going to reveal some things to you. And only spiritual fathers and mothers get this, what we call illumination, where God reveals things to you, not through a book, not through even just head knowledge, even not through someone else. But there's some things that God wants to reveal to us that will only come as you spend time in his presence, that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal some deep truth to you. And that's where true transformation takes place. You may have read it somewhere. You may have seen it modeled somewhere. But when you experience it, it changes you. Anyone been changed today because God has revealed, come on, some deep truth to you? A deep understanding that does not come from seeing, that does not come from hearing, or doesn't come from thinking. But it does not even come from our natural ability. It comes from your body, your soul, your spirit. It comes from your spirit. And this is where God wants to speak to us as spiritual fathers and mothers. He wants to reveal some things. And even before we go home today, the worship team is going to come back. And even in this moment right now, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal. He wants to speak to your heart, speak to your spirit. He revealed those truths to your life, and it has transformed you. He's speaking to what is bothering you right now. What is pressing you right now? What's going on in your world right now? God, the Holy Spirit wants to convey and speak some things to you. Our love for God will cause us to recognize God in the deepest place of our spirit. And once you gave your life to Christ, your spirit is awakened. For all those that just gave your life to Christ or rededicated your life, your spirit, God has awakened your spirit. 
and he's speaking to you. It doesn't just come from this. It doesn't just come academically. All those things are great. They Yes, they add value to my life. But there are some things that will come to us as the, his spirit reveals to our human spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 through 16, look what he said. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of, of is, who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Verse 13, look what he said. This is what we speak, not in words taught by us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Are you hearing this? The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I'm talking, come on, I'm, I'm talking, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk right now, and I don't know what season you're in. You may feel like a baby Christian, you may feel like a teenage Christian, you may be going through some battles. I'm having pastor, I'm living in that teenage, those teenage struggling I don't know where you're at today, but I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to your spirit. I'm talking to where you're going. You're a spiritual father and a spiritual mother because God is raising you up, and he wants to speak some deep truth to you. Not because you're smart enough, intelligent enough, good-looking enough, because you've done so much spiritual activity, but because you have the mind of Christ that God is going to give you wisdom and illumination about where you're at in life and what's going on in your life, that you're growing deeper in Christ, and he's revealing some things to you because you're experiencing God at an intimate level. Anyone want to experience God even deeper than what you already have? Come on, don't let your badge, don't let your badge and your resume keep you from growing deeper. Don't say, well, pastor, I've been saved longer than you've been born. No, just say, you know what, pastor, you're right. I want to grow deeper this year. I want to know God even more this year. I want to know him in a deeper way. I want him to continue to speak to my life and bring fruitfulness out of me. Does anyone, come on, does anyone have that heart's desire today? I want you to stand to your feet for a moment. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Doesn't it frustrate you? How many cooks do we have in the house? How many bakers do we have? Doesn't it ever frustrate you that you're trying to make homemade chocolate chip cookies and you're, you're following the recipe and you're like, I got to get, you know, I'm, I got the measuring cup and I'm like shaving it off. Getting, I'm picking granules out of it or putting it in because I want to make sure everything's right. Because the last time I made homemade chocolate chip cookies, it didn't taste like grandma's. I'm like, man, this is frustrating me, no matter how much. And I go look at grandma make homemade chocolate chip cookies. She don't even use measuring cups. Sprinkle a little bit of this, put a little bit of this in, throw a little bit of that. And every time her homemade chocolate chip cookies come out, they are scrumptious. They're perfect. How is this possible? Is anyone else frustrated about that? 
I mean, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. How in the world? It's because Grandma has been doing it for so long that she just knows. There's some of us, listen to me, you're staying consistent at your faith. And, and this is the difference between an athlete who is seasoned and an athlete who is a rookie. And the rookies always say to the athletes who are seasoned to say, man, how did you, how did you know to cut left? How did you know to go, go deep? How did you know, how did you interpret that? Because listen, rookie, I've been doing this for a long time. Can I tell you in the spiritual realm right now, God is going to, to elevate you and lift you and call you into places that it's going to come natural to you because you have the mind of Christ and because you've stayed steady in your faith and you've grown deep in Christ that people will look at you and say, how in the world are you making it through this challenge? And you'll just say, it's because I have an experience and an intimacy with my Jesus Christ. That's for you. That's, that's a word for somebody today to stay focused on what you're doing. I love the, the, the movie, uh, 1917 is a new war movie. How many like war movies? I love them, right? It's great. Uh, Battle of Midway, the new Battle of Midway movie is excellent. Saving Private Ryan, I love that whole mission of saving. How many watch Saving Private Ryan? I just love it. But here's what I understand. I can know a little bit about history, and I've studied some history about war. I've watched some movies about Vietnam. I know a little bit about that, but when I sit down and talk with my dad, his perspective on the Vietnam War is a little bit different than mine because he was there. He experienced it. And here's what I'm telling you this morning. Christ wants to take a moment right now and reveal some, some, some things to you about your life, about your parenting, about your relationship, about your career, about what God is doing in your life and the world around you. And as you experience Him, He's going to take you deep. Your roots are growing deeper in Christ. And the outcome of that, come on, it's going to be a beautiful thing. How many believe that? So I want you to take a moment right now as we worship with this last song, and we'll, we'll go home, but I want you to just don't be rushed for a moment. Just give God space right now. Come on, close your eyes for a moment. And even if you want to just move out of your seat and come up front, that's fine too. But I want you to get to a place where you can block the world out for just a moment and allow the Holy Spirit, come on, to speak to you this morning.